You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Happy February, everybody. Man, the year is moving right along. Already. It? it always, January gets off to a slow start and then it shoom, takes off. And then, you know, it's going to be only weeks before we're going to start talking about spring home improvement projects. Then you're really going to be getting going. So why not get it get going early by calling us with that project that you have on your to-do list? We are here to help you get it done. The number is 1-888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. We've got our projects. We want to hear about your projects because you are our project. We are here to help you lend the hand. We're not going to pick up the hammer or the saw, but we'll tell you how to get the best tools, how to get the best materials, how to get the job done right the first time so you won't ever have to do it again. But you got to help yourself first by picking up the phone and calling us at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Coming up this hour, if you've stopped making good on your resolutions to get organized this year, <laughs> we understand. <laughs> we understand. And we've got some ideas to help you clear clutter and help someone else at the very same time. Learn how your leftover stuff can actually help build homes in just a few minutes through a cool new organization. Mm-hmm. And also ahead, do you want the luxurious feel of expensive sheets to cuddle up with your sweetie this Valentine's Day? Well, we've got the lowdown on comparing luxury sheets to find out how to get the luxury that you want on any budget. And this hour, we're also going to get some green building advice from the father of How To TV and a very good friend to the Money Pit. Bob Vila will be stopping by in just a bit. Plus, this hour, we're giving away a prize pack of Scotch Blue Painter's Tape. It's worth 30 bucks, and it's enough to get you going on your next paint project, probably even enough to do the whole house. So give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. We want to hear your home improvement question. Leslie, who's first? Brian in Illinois has a question about the uh, 70s choice of decor, paneling. <laughs> what can we do, Brian? Well, I wonder if it's, it's a good idea to paint the brown paneling uh, to my father's house or leave it as is or pull it out and drywall. We're trying to sell it on the cheap mm-hmm. house. Hmm. Well, one thing I would want to find out is whether the old paneling was glued to the walls or not. If you can uh, pop off uh, one section and it seems to come off pretty easily... Um, then I would be tempted to remove it completely. You're going to have to then just spackle nail holes and, and do a little bit of wall repair, a little wall surgery uh, when you're, when it's off, but it'll look better that way. If it's glued on, the answer is absolutely positively don't pull it off because you'll pull all the paper of the drywall off with it than just paint it. But I'd like to know if it's glued on or not, and I'd make my decision based on that. I think from my touching it, it's both. It's, got, it's tacked up, but also I think they put some strips of glue along. It seems like it sticks it sticks in other spots besides where the nails are. Well, that's going to make it a really messy job to pull it down. And if you do, you might end up having to skin all the drywall because if you pull that paper off, 
It's just impossible. Yeah, but skinning the drywall isn't a terribly difficult process, right? Yeah, but he wants to sell the house, so let's you know let's get it down quick. Is the entire house covered with this paneling, Brian? No, just uh, family room and part of the uh, part of the kitchen. We're trying to sell it for an estate. Listen, why don't you prime it and paint it? I don't think that it's going to be worth the aggravation of pulling it down then. But use a good quality primer, like an oil-based kills primer or something like that. And you'd be surprised how crisp that paneling can look when it's done in like a nice glossy white. All right, guys, that's helpful. I appreciate it. You're welcome, Brian. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Rosie in Missouri is having a gutter leakage issue. Tell us what's going on. I have a deck that extends all the way across the back of my house. Right. And I had a roof put over a partial section of the deck just coming out of the sliding glass doors. And the gutter, they, they cut it off there, and it's butting up against the new roof, but there's nothing there to contain the water from leaking out. So there's no downspouts? The downspout is at the opposite end of the house. Okay. So the end of the gutter is open, is that correct? That's exactly it. Okay. So that's not a problem. You can buy a gutter cap. They sell them at all the home centers. And the gutter size is pretty standard. What you probably have is what's called a four-inch K-style gutter. But the uh, gutter caps are, you know, probably all of a buck. And they press on to the end of the gutter. And the trick is that you caulk it in place. You don't just press it on. You caulk it once it's there with some silicone. Okay, I'm just saying that the gutter is right up against my new roof. Okay. So am I going to have to, I, you know, I kind of think I know what you're talking about, but am I going to have to cut the gutter off? So the end of the gutter butts right into the roof line? That's correct. Yeah, well then, if they didn't leave enough space for you to put a cap on it, then you're going to have to cut back the gutter a little bit. And you, it's a little tricky, but you can do it with a hacksaw. But I'm only talking about maybe a half inch, because that's all the space you're going to need to slip in that end cap. Okay, and is there a special kind of caulk? Silicone. Silicone. Silicone works the best. All right, well, I certainly appreciate it. You're welcome, Rosie. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. James in Tennessee, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? I'm a uh, story in 1926 funeral home, and I'm wanting to put a beam underneath the second floor, and I filled a beam that's uh, it's a 6x6 six six that is wrapped with uh, two by eights. Okay. And it's 20 feet long, and I wanted to know how many posts I would need to have under it to support it. If one at each end or one like a third of the way back from the end would hold it, or if well, I was going to need more. <laughs> the answer is it depends. Um, what are you replacing, James? Why are you building this beam? What's Okay. There... So I bought the building, and somebody had taken it out. Ah. The reason I know is when I took the floor up, I found the footer that runs the length of the building. Huh. And the second floor, as all old buildings do, is not level. And so I was going to jack it back up with the beam under it and uh, put it in. Well, the answer depends on how much weight it's carrying, and how much weight it's carrying depends on the structure of the building. And it's really not possible for us to give you uh, the answer without knowing more information. I would suggest that you consult with an architect, an engineer, or at least your local code official before doing this. Secondly, taking a 6x6 six six and sandwiching it with a couple of more 2x uh, pieces is not, the, is not always the best way to build a beam. You know, there are several ways to build oh, beams. Oh, I know. A lamb beam would be much better. 
Well, a laminated beam or one that's got a steel plate in it. It's called a flinch plate. You know, there's a lot of different ways to build it. The way you're suggesting is somewhat very unconventional. Now, I realize it's an old house and you're probably giving it more than it had, but we want to make sure that you do it once, you do it right, you don't do it again. And finally, to your point of jacking things up, bad idea. When you have an old building that sags like that, you generally don't want to try to push it back up into place because everything sags with it. The wires sag and stretch, the piping moves, and when you try to put this all back into alignment, chances are that you're going to cause some damage either in the wall structures or in the mechanical systems. So you want to more think of this as an opportunity to preserve it exactly the way it is. Okay, James? Right. Okay. All right. Well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now you can call in your home repair, home improvement, home decor question 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, I've got a great Valentine's Day gift idea that you can enjoy with your honey all year long. Luxury sheets. Ah, but with the choices ranging from silk to bamboo, how do you know which ones to go with? We're going to help you figure it all out after this. The Money Pit is brought to you by Skill. Want hardwood floors but are on a budget? The affordable and feature-filled Skill Flooring Saw is just what you need for your installation project. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And you can reach us at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Give us a call right now with your home repair, home improvement, decor, whatever you are working on. We're going to help you with that project. And if we answer your question on the air, you could win a Scotch Blue Painter's Tape prize pack worth 30 bucks. You're going to get two rolls each of the Scotch Blue Original Multi-Surface Tape, Advanced Delicate Surface Tape with Edge Lock, paint line protector and advanced multi-surface with edge lock paint line protector my goodness this is really high-tech tape so give us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT for your answer and your chance to win 888-666-3974 well getting a good night's sleep is one of the key foundations of health and well-being one way to get better rest is by investing in high quality organic bedding but with so many options how do you know which type of luxury sheets will best suit your needs there are pros and cons of several types for you to consider so let's start with organic egyptian cotton sheets they are very soft and comfortable they're also machine washable with little to no shrinkage but they can wrinkle very easily easily. Mm-hmm. You know, bamboo sheets are also really popular right now, and the feeling is often compared to that of cashmere. Now, they're also machine washable, and they resist pilling, but they can shrink, and processing bamboo does require chemicals. Now, another option is cultivated silk sheets. These are legendary for their softness and luxury. They absorb perspiration and are naturally resistant to mold and mildew. They're also naturally hypoallergenic and fire retardant, so that's great, but they're kind of expensive. And since silk traps heat, they can be uncomfortably warm. They're also going to require special care and cleaning when it comes to sheets. Do you really want that? If you want more detailed pros and cons, just Google Money Pit Luxury Sheets. We've got a great article on MoneyPit.com with all the tips you need to choose the right sheets for you. Chris in Virginia is on the line with a cracking wall situation. Tell us about it. 
Well, I just purchased a home in August, and the basement was finished about four years ago. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. And it's like a bathroom, a, a family room, and a bedroom downstairs. And the dividing wall between the bedroom and the family room and the uh, bedroom side of it looks like it's cracking from top all the way to the bottom, basically, you know, in the corner. It okay. seems like the wall's coming apart. Is it just at the corner where the two walls meet, or is it sort of yes. zigzagging no, no, its no, way? It's right there where it meets. And the walls are finished in a drywall finish? Yes, yes. Okay. Well, then that's probably just the taping or the caulking, whatever was used to sort of combine those two surfaces together, which should have been mud and tape or fiberglass taping and spackle. You know, eventually these things dry out, houses move, and they start to crack. You're going to notice cracks around door frames, around windows, anywhere you could possibly get movement. So that's really fixable. And you want to fix it with that meshy fiberglass tape, and you want to sort of put it so that it you know, splits the corner, you know, put the middle right on the corner and then have these on either side. And then go ahead and cover that over with spackle or joint compound, whatever you like to work with. And you want to start with, you know, a thin layer and sort of build up in layers and work out sort of feathered out sanding in between. This is where you're going to get nice coverage. And because of the fiberglass, it's going to move with the movement of the house. And you'll see that crack return way later than you would if you did traditional tape. Okay, great. Madeline in North Carolina needs some help with a marble countertop. Tell us what's going on. Well, uh, yes, I have a bathroom that my I had a housekeeping come back, and for some reason when she left, I noticed that the countertop was dull. And I don't know. I've tried cleaning it with the over-the-counter cleaners from the hardware store they recommended. Um, I put hot water. Nothing seems to. It just looks awful. And this was from a one-time cleaning job. It wasn't like you, you know, this person was continually using this product over time, and it's then dulled. This was like boom, it happened instantaneous. Well, actually, um, she was here several times, so I, I really didn't notice it because I don't use this bathroom as often. Mm-hmm. Is there anything I can do? Madeline, there is a website that specializes in products for taking care of stone. It's called StoneCare.com, and they have a cleaner called MarbleX, which we've gotten some really good feedback on. So that's one product you might want to give it a try. And generally with marble, I mean, over time, because it's such a porous surface, even though it's a hard surface, it's one of the more porous ones, it needs to be, you know, resealed and have a new finish applied to it. So it could just be that you're getting to that point. But it should be something that lasts and lasts. So you want to make sure that it is sealed and does have the finish on it. Because if you spill, I don't know, some sort of makeup or if you have a guest in the bath and they bring a glass of wine at a party and it spills, you know, that could get absorbed right into that marble and just never come out. Oh, so either I go to stonecare.com. If they can't help me, I would have to redo this because they have to Not redo like it, just have, old. well, duh, two years old. Is it a light color marble? Yes. Light color marble needs to be resealed more frequently than a dark color. They generally recommend every one to two years. Okay, so I should see if I can get it uh, the dullness off, and if I can't, what would I do? You, you'll be able to refinish it. If you can't do it with a product yourself, head on over to, um, you know, I'm not sure where you got the countertop or if it came as part of the vanity, but if you look in your neighborhood for a local marble or granite dealer, that's something that they'll do. They'll refinish and resurface, and they can come right on site and do it for you. Oh, thank you so much. You're welcome, Madeline. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Don in Texas, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? Uh, yes, about uh, seven years ago, I remodeled, added square footage, uh, got about 3,200 uh, heated and cooled. 
we added a new roof, and when I did it, I had uh, them put ridge vents across the majority of the part of the heating, uh, heating cool part, nothing uh, over the garage. Okay. Uh, we've got four turbines, and I've been debating about, you know, cutting some holes in the eaves and putting vents over that, which my thinking is more the better, but I talked to a, oh, a call-in show several years ago, and I said, well, the turbines are working against the ridge vent. I need to close those off. Did you call me several years ago, Don? Because I would have told you the same thing. Oh, okay. Why, why, how do they work against each other? Well, here's what happens. The, the most efficient ventilation system is when you have ridge vents, which is what you have, but you also have to have soffit vents, vents at the overhang or at the roof edge. And if you just have those two types of vents... What happens is air enters at the soffit because the wind blows against the side of the house. It becomes positively pressurized, enters at the soffit, works its way up underneath the roof sheathing, carrying out heat in the summer and moisture in the winter, and then exits at the ridge, which is depressurized because wind blows over that and sort of sucks the, sucks the, the air out of the attic. So if you think of that as a cycle, right? So it goes in at the soffit, up under the sheathing, and out at the ridge. Now, if you add to that turbine vents or gable vents, now you are completely messing that up. You're creating turbulence in all different places where the air forces are working against each other. So now that you have the ridge vent, I would not use the turbine vents. I would remove those. I would not put gable vents in the side, but I would make sure that my soffits are continuously open. How old is your house? Uh, it's about 30 years old. So back then, you probably had solid plywood soffits or maybe soffits with some small vents cut into them. If that's the case... Well, there's none right now. There's none. I was there's gonna n- plan on putting them about every four foot all the way around the house. Uh, I wouldn't even do that. You have, a, you have a soffit? Oh, yes, right, right. right yeah. So I would take that, all the plywood out, all of it out, completely wide open, and replace it with perforated soffit material. I got you. All right, and it's fully wide open, and that's the best ventilation system. Okay, and then, and just plug up the uh, turbines. That's correct. I don't want to take them off and try to match that. Nah, chamber. you can just, just plug them up. Yeah, okay. Okay. That sounds great. I sure appreciate y'all's time. All right, Don. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Mary in Missouri needs some help repairing a ceiling. Tell us about the problem. Well, I have a kit, an old kitchen ceiling that had popcorn uh, texture to it. And I've had a drop ceiling with fluorescent lights installed. Mm-hmm. I want to upgrade and uh, take the, dro- the uh, drop ceiling away and the fluorescent lights away. And I wanted to know whether or not um, I could get by with patching that, uh, the holes in the uh, ceiling where the fluorescent lights were installed or if right. I'd be better off putting new drywall up. I don't see why not. You certainly could patch it if you did a good job. It's a little tricky. Uh, you're going to have some seams. When you're all said and done, though, you're going to want to prime the entire ceiling and paint it with ceiling paint and make sure you use a flat paint because if you use something with a sheen, you, you may see the, the patch underneath it. Mm-hmm. Right. You'll see all unevenness. Okay. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Still ahead, Bob Vila is stopping by the Money Pit to tell us about his latest project. And later, you're going to learn how your extra home improvement materials can help get someone back on their feet. The Money Pit continues after this.
where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, our guest today is an icon of home improvement. He was right at the forefront of the do-it-yourself movement. That's right. And more than 30 years later, Bob Vila says he is thrilled to be influencing a whole new generation of homeowners as they work to create a home they love. Bob Vila, welcome back to the program. Thank you so much. It's great to be with you. And it's our pleasure to have you. And uh, you've been uh, working hard on a different sort of renovation that we'd uh, like you to talk with us about today. You've got a brand new website. Yeah, the old website was a dozen years old. We were kind of pioneering then, but now we're really into the 21st century with the, the new BobVila.com, not just in terms of the look of it. It's much cleaner and crisper. Um, and it, the primary thing is being able to navigate through it because there's so much to see and to, to do on the website. And it looks terrific. It looks very clean. It looks very green. Speaking really of which, fresh. you've been involved in some uh, very green projects lately, too. Yeah, no, the, the whole green movement, obviously, it's not something that's brand new. But it's an area that I really wanted to focus and concentrate on when we renovated com. So we've done a fair amount of reporting on a number of different projects. Uh, one of them is a project in New York City uh, that Habitat for Humanity is responsible for, and it's a multifamily, it's actually a 50-unit building that's a green building. Everything from a green roof with plants growing on it to the latest in technology for heating and electrical consumption, etc. We also got involved with uh, my friends uh, Bobby Kennedy and his wife who were renovating a house outside of New York City and have done a lot of different green things. And we looked at a we looked at a house built by an architect uh, called Alan Shope, who I hope is going to be uh, on the website often. But he is one of the big proponents of zero carbon footprints. So there's a lot of stuff on Bobila.com that is of the moment in terms of energy conservation and everything from you know learning about LEED certification, etc. Now, that seems to be like eco-building to the nth degree. Is there a way, and I know we all talk about this often, but what kind of advice could you give to someone who's either buying their first home or looking into going green but sort of starting in at, you know, the entry level and working their way up? What's the best place to sort of think of to be green in your home? Well, the the, the best advice I can give them is to come to BobVila.com uh, because there are so many different directions that you have to know about and that you can go in. The, the, the fact is that obviously budgets, um, the age of a house, the style of a house, the location, whether you're in the Sun Belt or whether you're in the freezing north, all these different factors affect what you can do and what you can hope to do in terms of renovating a house or building a new house. And so that's one of the reasons that we've tried to really focus on getting a lot of this type of information easily to the consumer. I mean, when I started renovating houses, I can't believe it, but... It's been almost 40 years. It's been Mm -hmm. over 30 years since we started this old house. And now I'm looking at a whole new generation that's much more concerned about style and about being eco-friendly and being, you know, responsible for the environment. There's so many different directions to go in that, you know, you can't... You can fit it all into the site, but we keep expanding the site. And then we also have done a lot to kind of preserve some of my early shows and some of my more recent shows. We've digitized the entire library of Bob Vila's Home Again shows, and all of these are slowly getting onto the website so that you can not only watch them without interruptions, but you can see them in a full screen or you can watch them in some of you. You can even watch them in your iPhone. So it, you know, there's, there's a lot of material there that we've made available in a kind of a new way. 
Well, the nice thing about where we are today with technology is that there's so much information at your fingertips. The problem is there's just so much information at your <laughs> fingertips. You yep. know, So having a well-organized site um, really helps you dig into that. Bob, speaking of green, uh, one of the concerns that I think our listeners have as they, di- as they d- dive into uh, choosing green products is the uh, vast amount of greenwashing that seems to be going on right now. I mean, you've got uh, every company out there claiming their greenness Uh, and trying to get business based on uh, those uh, promises. Any tips for trying to sort the wheat from the chaff, literally, when it comes to that? Yeah, I mean, we we try to help people in terms of pointing out that you have to, you really got to read the label. You really got to do your research. And we're we're hoping to help people understand that a lot of the uh, impact of the interest in the green building revolution is just what you described, that there's a lot of hype attached to some of it. And you've got to really, you know, read the user's manual, read the ingredients list, get a good idea of what it is you're talking about. When, you know, whether it's flooring and it really is made from renewable, sustainable woods, or whether it's electronics or whether it's household appliances. I mean, we've had Energy Star for a long, long time, but the responsibility still lies with the owner, the homeowner, the the, the person who's doing the improvements. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important as a homeowner to sort of figure out what level or what type of green is important to you. You know, for me, for example, if it's possible, I like to buy things locally because I hate the idea of, you know, long-term shipping and the effects that, you know, air travel and, and, you know, whatever boating, whatever it might need to get that item to your area. So you really need as a homeowner to decide or sort of hone into what portion of green and what that means to you and how you then go about bringing that into your home. It's true. I mean, it's a very good point. However, you also have to temper it by realizing that sometimes buying a product that was grown sustainably in Brazil or in China might be more responsible to the environment than using a product that was grown locally but that's endangered. Or that mm-hmm. you, you, there, there's so there's so many different aspects to the whole question that you really have to do your homework, and that's what we're there uh, to do for you or to help you do at BobDeLa.com. And I think it's important to remember that, you know, you don't have to do it all. You can make very small green steps. Everything counts, whether it's just changing a light bulb or putting in a very energy-efficient window or door. You can do this in pieces. You don't have to do it all at once. And you can get that kind of step-by-step advice uh, on Bob's new website. Bob Vila, thanks so much for being a part of the program. And congratulations on an amazing renovation at BobVila.com. All right, still to come, clear your clutter and help someone build a house at the same time. We've got details on a great new website that's going to help you purge, find deals, and lend a hand after this. Where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. You can call us right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT with your home improvement question, your home improvement, or your home decor question. And if we answer your question on the air, you could also win a Scotch Blue Painter's Tape prize pack worth 30 bucks. You're going to get two rolls of each of the Scotch Blue Original Multi-Surface, the Advanced Delicate Surface with Edge Lock, the Paint Line Protector, and the Advanced Multi-Surface with Edge Lock Paint Line Protector. Basically, high-tech tape, enough to get 
your next decorating project done with ease. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. All right, pick up the phone and give us a call. We'd love to hear what you're working on and lend you a hand with that project. And maybe you're trying to get organized. So if this sounds like you and you're looking to clean out that clutter, donate some items to charity, and maybe even find a great deal on that kitchen sink you've been looking for then look no further than these two sources. First, we've got Digger's List and then the Habitat for Humanity Restores. Now, Digger's List, it's a website of home improvement classified ads, and it gives Americans an easy-to-use avenue for charitable giving, and it's a really fantastic site. Yeah, the website's donation center offers an easy way to clear out clutter from your garage or your house, and then you can offer that right to Habitat for Humanity. They then turn around, use those donations to build homes for victims of natural disasters or people in need. You can visit Digger's List today and turn your clutter into somebody else's saving grace. The website again is diggerslist.com. That's D-I-G-G-E-R-S list.com. Nick in Alaska needs some help with a bathroom project. What can we do for you? Uh, Hey there. Uh, I have a dry cabin right now and so I've got no running water at all. Okay. I'm looking at putting a bathroom in, you know, kitchen and all that in and so I was curious what steps I might need to take to ensure that the pipes don't freeze and um would a foundation be, you know, a solution to help that? You could install those pipes in South Carolina and not have a problem. <laughs> yeah, a little tough there in, in Alaska. So you're on a crawl space right now? Yeah, it's just on like four, you know, posts basically. All right, so it's up off of the ground. Uh, is it enclosed at all? It, underneath? Yeah. Around the outside of the house? No, so it needs to be at least skirted, I would think. I would think it should be at least skirted. And uh, is the floor insulated? Okay, so yeah, at least needs to be skirted or the floor needs to be covered. Um, I would also use pipe insulation on all the pipes that are down there. Uh, be very careful to insulate it right down and into and around the main water pipe. Um, that's going to be really important because you've got to keep those pipes warm or they will freeze and break. Now, is this a cabin that you don't use all the time or what? No, it's, I, I live there all the time. I oh, live there all the time, okay. All right. Well, I mean, I think that's all you need to do. Insulate the pipes and insulate around the pipes with fiberglass. Close the whole thing in, and you should be good to go. Okay. All right. Now, some people put electrical tape on there, too, but I don't think that's a good idea. You don't think that, like... No, because it's not supposed to be used in... It's not supposed to be used inside of insulation. It could okay. be a fire hazard. Okay, so you know, if, if they if it turns out that you got some pipes that freeze, let's let's deal with that separately. You may have to do a better job insulating, but I would definitely not put electrical tape on there at that time. And that's, is that the same thing that you're talking about? Is heat tape? That's the same thing. Yeah, heat tape. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, cool. Um, I guess that's that's it then. All right. Well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. What happens? Does the does it shorten? Get yeah, electrocuted? If you use the uh, electrical tape or the heat tape, what, what happens is uh, it's designed to be air-cooled. Mm-hmm. In fact, you're not even supposed to wrap it over itself, like by twirling it around the pipe and just put it on one side. Uh, and if you cover that with insulation, it just gets too hot and it'll burn the insulation. So I've seen a lot of people put that uh, on their pipes in situations like that, and it's just never a good idea. Nate in Utah needs some help with a home office. What can we do for you today? Uh, I'm building. I'm developing. And I'm building an office. I got the walls all up, and I drywalled the outside of the wall. But I'm noticing a really annoying cracking, popping, creaking sound in my floor that wasn't there before I put this wall up. Okay. And I don't really want to go the other side of the wall if there's something I do to get rid of that noise. Hmm. Where did you put the wall up? 
Um, right in the middle of my living room. So okay, you sort of divided it in half. Well, yeah, I divided the room in half. I see. Okay, and so now you're getting a cracking sound in the floor. Well, yeah. you didn't do anything that affects it structurally. This is just a partition wall. Um, if you tied that wall into the floor, you may be impacting the expansion and contraction of the flooring products that could be causing uh, that noise. What kind of floor is it? Um, it looked like it was wafer board when I put the, the two-by-fours right. for the wall down. And underneath it, it's uh, wood, like I-beam joists that are about 24 inches apart. Oh, yeah. You know, there are actually sound control products that you can use uh, to quiet a floor like that. It's essentially an underlayment, Nate, that goes between the uh, the wafer board floor, and then you would put a second layer of flooring on top of that. There's a number of them available uh, in you know, for manufacturers around the country, you can find them online. One product is called Quiet Curl, and I think that something like that would give you the the silence that you're looking for because you have a wafer board floor or an asphalt floor on top of those um, those plywood beamed joists. You're always going to have a lot of movement there, and that's always going to re result in uh, you know a fair amount of sound. What was your finished floor plan for this? Was it going to be carpet or what? It's carpet. The carpet's there. I, I mean, no. this is I cut I cut my carpet down I the middle see. where the wall was going to go, and I put yeah. the wall up. Well, unfortunately, this is a solution that would require you to pull all the carpet up. So you really have to decide whether or not it's that important to you. Okay. Well, I will look into that. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Up next, a leaky toilet can drive anyone nuts. We're going to help one listener solve that battle next. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home by calling 888-MONEY-PIT. Where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And I don't know if we've told you this, but we are so excited and so pleased that so many of you are posting and responding to questions in our community section on the new moneypit.com. It's really so great to know that you're all chiming in and helping each other out with projects, and we love to hear about them, so keep posting them. And you know, sometimes Tom and I answer those questions online, and sometimes we throw them in here on the show. And I've got a posted question from Lynn, who wrote, several months ago, I replaced two older toilets with low water flow ones. Um, now, one is leaking water into the bowl from the tank, and I also notice water running through a pipe sound that lasts about four seconds. The leaking is totally random. Please help. Uh, you know what this sounds like? I don't think the water is leaking from the bowl into the tank. I think it's the other way around. I think it's leaking from the tank into the bowl, mm -hmm. and I think it's a leaking flush valve which is very common. And that's the flapper that's at the bottom of the toilet. Now, sometimes with the low-flow toilets, it's all built into one center valve in the mm -hmm. middle. But if you replace that flush valve part of it, I think this problem will go away. I know it's a newer toilet, and you know I don't know why it's leaking, but what you're describing is definitely signs of a leaking flush valve because a little bit of water leaks out and then the toilet has to refill. And by the way, what you can do is you can put some food coloring in the toilet tank and see if the bowl turns to the same color. And if it does, then you definitely positively have a leaking flush valve and you need to fix that. 
Mm-hmm. And that's a fairly simple repair. Fluid Master makes a complete repair kit that you can get at any of the home centers. If you go to their website, there's really easy to follow sort of cartoony directions that tell you the entire step-by-step process. So if you're feeling handy, it's absolutely a project that you can do without worrying about causing a major disaster. Just remember to turn off the water. Always good. <laughs> Always good. Remember that if you have to write it down on a piece of paper in big capital letters, turn off the water before before you start your project, you'll have no problem with this. All right, Lynn, good luck with your first plumbing project. Well, home theater systems certainly are a great way to enjoy your evening entertainment. But how do you do that without bugging the neighbors, especially if you like great sound? Leslie's got some tips in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. That's right. If you are really going to go all out with a home theater, upholstered wall panels are a great fit for this type of space. Now, from a design standpoint, wall panels are super gorgeous and they're really just plain glamorous. So it really does make a super standout addition to a space and from a practical point of view the fabric panels actually help to soundproof the area for your optimal audio quality when you're watching a movie in your home theater now you can do this in a traditional way the same way you would go about upholstering a headboard you use some batting or some foam you put it over plywood or luan then you wrap it around the fabric staple on the back and attach to the wall Or you could go with a wall-mounted fabric panel system that's specifically made for this purpose. And there are companies that you can find online that will fabricate these for you. And they do it for real movie theaters and live performance theaters and even concert halls. But there's one company that I've worked with. It's AcousticalSurfaces.com. And they sell like a plastic tracking system that you attach to the wall. Then put your soundproofing material right onto the wall. Then your fabric sort of snaps into these panels around it. It was easy to use. It made a super professional look. And, you know, choose the right fabric and you can really create a standout experience for your home theater. So make sure you go about this because you want good, awesome sound quality. This way you're going to have a great home movie watching experience. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Coming up next week on the program, we're going to have insider tricks to help you refinish your wood floors. And we'll get those from a guy who's refinished more wood floors than even us. It's this old house. General contractor Tom Silva will be by. Learn what the experts do to make this easy but tedious project go better next week on the Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone.